If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, as we're taking your questions in the mailbag. Um, as uh, lots to talk about this week, we had a pretty uh, eventful RSS chat on Tuesday. And we'll get right to the question. I mean, this was, I think we got asked this question about 15 times in different manners, different ways. Um, it became, I think some guys kind of had fun and repeated the question just because they, they thought it would be funny to annoy us. But uh, will we have college football this year? I'm the eternal optimist. I think they will figure out a way to play in the fall. It might not be as many games as you want. It may not look like what you want it to look like. Um, but I still believe, especially if kids get on campus and start classes and professional sports get going here at the end of July like they're supposed to, um, I think we'll have college football. Yeah, I'm kind of trying my best to stay optimistic. It's hard uh, with all the, the negative headlines that seemingly pop up by the, the minute. But, you know, the, the fact that Nebraska is still going full steam ahead at least gives you some semblance of hope that uh, there will be some form of football in the fall. I'm in the same boat with you guys. I don't know if, if I'm just if telling myself this or what, but I, I believe there's a way. And I think that with as much that is writing on this for – uh, every really every college institution out there, I, I think that they will find a way to get it done, and I think they can find a way to get it done. Um, but certainly, I mean, there's there's th- things to be worried about. So we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm telling myself, yes, we will have college football this fall. You're listening here to the Oscar Alliance Show, taking your questions in the mailbag. And the next question, um, and the Cameron Jurgens picture we talked about this earlier, um, the transformation he made from really early in high school to now. Um, who is the biggest physical transformation from their freshman year to senior year that you can remember? And I only went as far as the current roster, but I'll say Brandon Hymas. I mean, he when you look at current guys on this team, uh, other than Jurgens, uh, Hymas, and I know both of you had some you know names of players from the past fifteen or twenty years that really come to mind. Yeah, I went uh, back a, a ways and uh, went back to Adam Character just because uh, I remember the. It was like the, the preseason like fall camp press conference that they did, and he showed up and looked like an absolute monster, like out of nowhere. And uh, I went back, and he uh, was listed at 6'6", 235, coming out of high school. And by his senior year, he was up around 300 pounds, and it was majority muscle. So uh, that is the one that instantly came to mind for me. Uh, the, one of the first ones that came to mind for me was Lydon Murtha, um, that was who, a very good pick. Who was always a big guy, um, you know, but he completely transformed his body. I don't know if I've ever seen 
somebody as big, uh, a 300-pounder with a six-pack. Yeah, I mean, well, and he was like, he was pushing 320. <laughs> and he had, I mean, he was shredded. He had a six-pack. I, I just, I don't know if I've ever really seen somebody with that type of body makeup, that big, be that lean. And so, I mean, he's right up there. But, yeah, on the current roster, I mean, Cam Jurgens obviously um, is somebody who's completely transformed his body. But Brendan Hymas has done a really good ben job. Ben Stilly. Yep, and, and Stilly, yeah, Stilly has really changed a lot. And he's another one who's – I mean, he's he's right around 300 pounds, but he there's no fat on him whatsoever. You talk about Mirtha, man. He had some bad luck uh, with all the different injuries. His first injury, I think he tripped or ran into a block locking sled Um, he got a staph infection because he didn't wash his practice pants he wore them several days in a row in august and that bacteria somehow got into an open cut on his body and he was out for several weeks with a staph infection he got in a moped accident and this is a guy that had so many things go wrong then he goes to the nfl combine nate and he ran the fastest 40 of any offensive lineman yeah and well yeah when he when he went to the combine i know we were we were ex- fully expecting him to run. I forget what this is. It's like a four seven eight or something. Yeah, it was. We were expecting him to run in the low four eights, and I'm pretty sure he he broke four eight. Um, and he was, you know, six seven plus three hundred and twenty pounds or whatever he was. So it was that was pretty incredible. Yeah, at that time, when you look at tackle recruits in Nebraska, there weren't too many that had the toolbox Mirtha had. I mean, a lot of Osborne's tackles were in, ended up being guards in the yep, NFL. Yep. Like there just weren't a lot of true tackles, especially in 04 when he got to campus. Well, you think about Callahan's development of linemen too. I mean, if Mirtha would have been able to stay healthy, uh, the ceiling was awfully high for that guy. All right, next question here. If the Big Ten pulls the plug, what are the chances Nebraska tries to get a 500-mile radius type schedule put together? I think they're exploring that, guys. I really do. I think they're looking into it. The question that we don't know is, would the Big Ten allow it? Is, is there any language in this Big Ten contract with Nebraska that says you can't, you can't do something like this? So that's probably what we need to know more is if it would even be allowed to break off from the league if the league decided not to play this year. I was wondering why it wouldn't be allowed. Maybe it's just like contractual obligations. with They the own television. the brand. Yeah, for- yeah, so maybe that's the thing. Like they can't play games on TV if they were to do that. But uh, you know, I would hope that the Big Ten would – you know, ease some of those rules given uh, the chaotic situation we're in and knowing that its member institutions depend so heavily on football being played that if they have the ability, like Nebraska seems to have, to play some form of football, they should be allowed to do it. Yeah, I mean, I would think that if you're the conference, you want to keep your all your members of the conference you know healthy uh, both physically and financially and and if it makes sense and it, you know if, if a team like Nebraska is able to put together um, you know a regional schedule of some sort if the conference play can't go through then you know and that would help keep them financially healthy I mean you would think they'd sign off on that uh, in some form at least so you know yeah I would hope that that would uh, you know that the conference would allow that to happen because uh, if there is no conference football, I would I would definitely like to see that regional schedule come together. All right, Nate, recruiting question here. Terrence Lewis, the five-star linebacker who surprisingly committed to Tennessee, has all of a sudden been tweeting a lot about Nebraska and, 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 and just things like that. Is this kind of a social media game to get attention from Nebraska fans, or is there really something legit brewing with Nebraska and, and Lewis? Well, yeah. So, I mean, for, uh, first of all, um, I won't – I won't say that there's, you know, um, not a a popularity or contest or not not some, you know, social media aspect to this. I, I definitely think Terrence Lewis likes attention. 
Um, and, and obviously Nebraska fans are notorious for showing recruits a lot of attention on social media. So, but at the same time, there is interest there. Uh, and there always has been interest there. You know, he was, he was set to come visit for the spring game before all that got canceled. So, um, I do think there's something there. I would not necessarily, you know, say that the Huskers are, are a team to beat or that, that he could flip from Tennessee to Nebraska, but I would not rule out a future visit at some point in time. And, and if that did happen, then I think Nebraska's chances would, uh, um, you know, go up exponentially. I, I do think the Huskers would become maybe a legit player for him. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we take your questions in the mailbag. Uh, we're doing our top 40 Huskers right now. Chris Hickman, guys, uh, made the list this week um, in our 30 to 40 range um, as a wide receiver. Do you think he'll be a top five receiver for Nebraska? I think it's debatable. I, I, I don't know if I'm quite ready to put him there, but I think the physicality and the blocking he brings could really find a role on the team this year. Well, that's what I was kind of thinking when I thought about top five. I don't think he's going to like be top five in receiving yards, yeah. but when you talk about the game day rotation of you know being able to get snaps, that ability to block and his size is uh, something that Nebraska doesn't have a lot of. And that, as we've seen, will get you on the on the field. I mean, Kate Warner became a factor because of his ability to block. And, and so, be reliable. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, that there, there are ways that you can fast-track uh, above guys with, you know, more stars by their name. And, and I think Chris Hickman, uh, he's a talented player, and his ability to do those little things that maybe get overlooked I think makes him far more valuable than what people think. I do. I, I, I probably – you know, I wish I could kind of go back and, and maybe put him a little higher on my top 40 yeah, rankings. None of us had him rated in our top 30. It's hard to do, though. It, I is, mean, it, it is. is. It's very hard to but do. But I think we all agree he was right outside our 40. So Andy Kendi from KTV, he had him, uh, where do you have him, at 27th overall. And then Michael Severe from uh, 1620, uh, he had him at 28th. So those two guys got him on the list where I think we all agree he should be. Yeah, and and I, I've been calling him. I, I think that he's maybe the sleeper out of that wide receiver room this year. I, I think that maybe he's getting overlooked you know obviously Wandell Robinson is going to get a lot of attention Omar Manning Xavier Betts and um, you know even Alante Brown or, or Marcus Fleming I think are all getting you know talked about a lot more but I do think that uh, Chris Hickman has the ability to maybe be the surprise out of that group just given his size um, you know and, and his ability to block on the edge and, and just be reliable as a whole and then final question how do you guys think social distancing will work in the stadium if they go that route and um, you know, what I envision, obviously, is less people. Um, first of all, you know, is 50% the best case scenario today? If you're being realistic, probably. Uh, that would be about forty to 45,000 fans in the stadium, um, which, you know, honestly isn't that bad when you consider there have been games in the last couple of years where only 65,000 fans showed up. Um, yeah. But what type of number would adequately give people the distance I would expect masks to be made mandatory, but it's a tough thing. I was in the Shrine Bowl in Kearney this weekend, and people had masks on, but once they got to their seat, there was a row of empty space between them. They removed their mask while they're eating their hot dog, and of course, that's the picture I took of the crowd when people had their a lot of people had their masks down when they got to their seats, and people freaked out that there weren't enough masks in the crowd, but the seats were spaced out where you were able to practice social distancing, and that's the debate, you know. If you're in a situation in the stadium where you are further than six feet apart and you can be away, is it okay then to remove your mask or will they require you in the stadium to, to 
you know, put on your mask. Right now, Governor Ricketts encourages mask use, but it's not a state order. But right now, the University of Nebraska is making it an order on campus. Would that follow over, guys, um, to football games? I, I would assume so. Yeah, I mean, just for liability purposes. But right now, I'm not even thinking about fans in the stands. I mean, I'm just ho- hoping they can actually play games. And if anybody can go, great. But uh, I think that's kind of a overly wishful thinking. But if there are, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to space people out significantly, um, you know, limit how many people can even be in the sections. But then the deal is with the Memorial Stadium, I mean, you have a giant trough in the bathroom for, <laughs> you know, people to, to use the facilities. You know, good luck social distancing there. I mean, you know, Nebraska's not equipped to have that type of social their distancing. sinks aren't automatic so, like they're not the ones yeah. that just turn on by themselves yeah, the touchless yeah. yeah so i mean it's like you know there, there are other elements to attending a football game that go beyond where you sit you know and so you know concessions how are you going to do all that so i don't know it just seems like a big headache that probably isn't worth doing right now yeah i mean I, in my opinion if there are fans allowed in the stadium it's going to be far less than even 50 percent capacity i think it would be you know, 25, 30, 25, 30, maybe, you know, and, and it would be, you know, probably, uh, what I've seen before and even go throw back to the, the Korean baseball league, how they've done like the, the checkerboard type of, uh, outlay in the stadiums where you've got no one sitting in front of you, no one sitting behind you, or aside from you, it's just kind of a checkerboard type of type of layout and, and masks will be required. I think if there are fans in the stands, I think they will require it. Um, now, now how are you going to enforce that? Or, you know, if someone wants to get a hot dog and they want to take their mask off to eat it, you know, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of questions that brings up, but like Robin said, I think, First things first, let's 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 just get football, and then we'll figure out uh, if fans can go. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show with some recruiting, including junior college's decision on uh, moving on to the spring. We'll get Nate's thoughts on that and more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.